Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. We are continuing in Hebrews chapter 3. That's exactly right. I've got my Bible open here to Hebrews chapter 3. I'm so glad you have your Bible open. It's going to make it easier to read from the New King James Version as we continue on. You don't Hebrews. have it memorized? You don't, you don't have it memorized all the way up through Hebrews 3? You know what? Not this part. <laughs> In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the days of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Do not harden your hearts like they did in the rebellion. Mm Mm-hmm. What we have here, okay, so again... Well, I think we're tracking along with the story of Moses, right? We are tracking along with the story of Moses. One of the things that I'm fascinated by as we go through Hebrews... The account of Moses. ...is some of the similarities that we had through the letter we just read in Galatians. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really, you know, want to let everyone believe that, well, yeah, we knew it was like that. That's why we set it up this way. But in fact, this is something I am just recognizing as we as we go through. And And here's what I mean. In Galatians... As Paul is writing to Gentile Christians, he keeps relating their sin back to paralleling what happened at Mount Sinai as they quickly deserted God. Right. Now, I, when we when we talked about that, I know I received some feedback from some folks that initially weren't quite sure that that, that was what was going on, but the more we talked about it, they said, you know, I think, I think that's really what's happening there. Paul is bringing that to mind, saying, you Gentiles who are going back to the law, are you listening to this? Because you're doing the same thing they did when they turned away from God. Sure. Now, here in Hebrews, we've got a very similar approach. As he, the, the author of Hebrews, fears that these Jewish Christians are drifting away from Jesus, yeah. he now takes them back to, you guys want to honor Moses? Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back and remember what happened in the, in the days of Moses. We do not want to be like those Israelites in the days of Moses who drifted away, who turned away, quickly deserted at Sinai, got into the wilderness and had these drifting away, end up in the promised land, and there's a generation that arises and doesn't know God. They're constantly going back to that saying, Hmm. look, as you go back to the law, you are becoming like the people in the law that you said you didn't want to be like. And and we, I think it's even more clear here that he's pulling up this story. Even as you said, we're tracking with the story of oh, Moses and Israel. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. I think it's definitely clearer here. And I think it's a great point too that you make that uh, you know when you drift away from the gospel, particularly for these Jews and in the first century, they're they're going to go back to the religion they know, and yeah. they're going to go back to the culture they grew up in, which of course is going to be Judaism. Which, you know, and there was a temple standing in Jerusalem when these things were written. It had been easy enough to go do. 
And and so again, it's one of those things you're wanting to go to the law. Well, we'll listen to the law. Right. Watch what happens there. Gain your warning from what you're saying you want to go back to and stick with Jesus. So here's how it's working. Back at the end of chapter two, the Hebrew author tells us about this delivery from the power of death, mm-hmm. and especially that part about being delivered from lifelong slavery. Yeah. And as he highlights that this was done for the offspring of Abraham. Remember, of course, at the beginning of Exodus, that when God speaks to Moses, we hear that he remembers this yeah. covenant that he's made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's hearing their cries. They're in lifelong slavery. Mm -hmm, There is mm -hmm. this Pharaoh that has the power of life and death over them. And God, through Moses, delivers them from that. Right. And so what the Hebrew writer is pointing out is that's exactly what Jesus has done for you. He has delivered you as Moses delivered Israel from Egyptian bondage and lifelong slavery. Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has delivered you. He has tasted death for you. Uh, and wow, what a powerful thing that is. Because remember in the yeah. story of Moses, it was the firstborn of Egypt tasted death so that the Israelites didn't have to. Here is the firstborn from God yeah. who is tasting death. He has become the sacrifice. He has become the atonement. The he lands. has become the deliverance that allows them to, uh, allows us to not taste death. So there's this deliverance. So. N- so Go yeah, ahead. I was just going to say. So with you know with with that be- before us, mm-hmm. the danger that's being addressed here is a hardening of the heart and a turning away. Yeah, and I I think an awareness that hey this has happened in generations gone by. This is this is uh, a a very real and present danger for God's people at any time. Uh, look what they did in this wilderness. Right. Yeah. So we bring in Moses at the beginning of chapter three and talking about the honor that Moses deserves, gives kind of a a nod back to that rebellion from Aaron and Miriam, which even through that would remind us, as we talked about yesterday, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, the people who spoke against Moses and the punishments that they received. Yeah, that was the one where the ground swallowed them up. A new thing happened. It opened Mm. up and swallowed them whole. And uh, so now, as he's talking about Jesus being greater than Moses... He goes to a psalm. It's it's for us, it's Psalm 95. Mm-hmm. And in Psalm 95, Israel is warned not to repeat the sins of their fathers. I just I want to go back. All right. Here's how here's how the psalm goes. Oh, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest." Here's here's the psalm that the Hebrew writer is quoting from. I tell you what, and uh, not to get too sidetracked, but when I read that, I think 
we just don't ha- have any songs that we sing where we talk about and you don't go to heaven. <laughs> just, those aren't in the hymnal much. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you think about the purpose of our song worship being to teach and to admonish, which is warning. This song ends with a really strong warning. Don't be like these people. These people didn't enter the rest. So people that had known the redemption from slavery and the deliverance from slavery actually did not go all the way into the joy of their promised land, their promised rest. And the psalmist, of course, by inspiration of God, in fact, what does what does the Hebrew author tell us? Is this, yeah, verse 7, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, mm-hmm. says Psalm 95, this is actually from God. Yeah. Whoever penned it, they are recording what God wants recorded here. Sure. And the song says, you guys now, whenever the psalm was written, while Israel is still God's chosen people, he says, whoever, you know, wh- wherever you guys are right now, you're in danger of repeating mm-hmm. the sins of your fathers. Mm-hmm. And now the Hebrew author is saying, my Jewish brethren, my, my fellow Hebrew Christians, I, I am concerned that you are going to fall away. Mm-hmm. And you need to remember what it says in Psalm 95. Don't repeat the sins of your fathers. Yeah. Do not drift away. Do not test God. Yeah. Do not rebel against God. Don't grumble against God. Don't complain because he's not doing things your way. Look, we can take our complaints and our laments to God. That's what that happens in the Psalms over and over again. But take them to God. Don't turn away from God. And I see in verse 8, also from Psalm 95, don't harden your heart. Mm. Uh, How we get so proud, how we get so stubborn, Mm -hmm. whether it's in our sin or our want to's. um, And, you know, it's, I think we can drift into this hardness of heart. I, I see these things going together that small steps, little incremental steps away from God. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one day where there had been a zeal and a passion for God and the things of God, it's just numb. It's just hard. Yeah. Today, he says, do not harden your hearts. And he's going to talk about the deceitfulness of sin mm-hmm. as he follows up this, or as he talks about this passage. He says, look, sin is a liar. It's promising you things, and it will. As if you listen to the voice of sin, if you listen to the lies of sin, it will, it will, uh, it will harden your heart. Uh, arteriosclerosis. Yeah, I, I think that's actually the word here. <laughs> Even we use it as a medical term today. Yeah, and this is talking about a spiritual hardening of the heart, mm-hmm. and it's look, you know, uh, our cardiosclerosis here, arteria would be the hardening of the arteries, so, but there, there's yeah. the connection in the terms there, but it's still the, it's the concept of don't let your heart get calloused by listening to the voice of sin, listen to the voice of God. Yeah. And, and listen to Jesus, right? Yeah. He's the, he's the, the lawgiver. He's the mouthpiece. Because if you don't, he will be provoked. Mm-hmm. He will be provoked, which that ties us back to Psalm 2. Uh, Psalm 2, that first one that talks about the son. Right. And kiss the son. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Mm-hmm. And the idea, this is the kings of the nations in Psalm 2. It says, look, God has set his son on his holy hill, and you guys keep trying to rule your own thing. What you need to do is surrender to the one true living king, Jesus Christ, the son, Otherwise, you're going to perish in the way. 
And now we've got Psalm 95 written to the Jews themselves, very much a similar concept. Don't harden your hearts. Don't turn away from God. Listen to the voice of God. And now the Hebrew writer is tying it all together about the Son of God. Yeah. He says, don't drift away. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't let your heart be hardened because sin is calling to you and the temptation is, is seeming pleasurable and pleasant. That is all lies. It will lead to death. It will lead to destruction. And ultimately, there's a goal we're looking for rest. We're looking right. for the ultimate rest that God is providing in eternity, and you will miss out on that. And, you know, on the one hand, there's this great emphasis upon today. We have this day. But it seems like our, our eyes need to be looking beyond it. Yeah. You know, either either looking back to the great deliverance that, well, God had brought them through the Red Sea. If you're talking about Israel, for us, it's it's baptism. It's conversion to Christ. We became Christians. Or looking forward to the rest of God, looking forward to the joy of being with the Lord. And for the Israelites, you know, it's the promised land. It flows with milk and honey. Uh, for us, it is that great rest. It is heaven. Um, and, 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 and But the deceitfulness of sin, that's what's right in our face. That's what's in our moment. That is the struggle today. And, you know, I, I guess my prayer, my hope is God help me look to, to look to Jesus and remember where I come from and where I'm going uh, today. So that my heart is not hardened. I, I think that point about where I'm going, help me remember where I'm going. There, there seems to be a thing that happens with all kinds of religious groups, especially those who claim to be Christian, where as they kick off, they're, they are looking forward to something eternal. Mm -hmm. They are looking forward to something otherworldly. They are looking forward to something that is beyond everything we experience here. But as those religious groups become more established, more respected, more sophisticated in the world, they start to think more about this world. They start mm -hmm. to become more about having rest in this world. And, and then it becomes a whole lot more about kind of the social justice, social benevolence, yeah. as opposed to looking to eternity. Mm -hmm. And this is what the Hebrew writer is telling us. Look to eternity. You will miss out on eternity if you drift away from Jesus. That's yeah. where the goal is. The goal is not the happy, pleasant life here. It's the eternal life there. So let's keep our focus on that. Yeah. Well, I, and that'll guard us from repeating the sins of the fathers. <laughs> it'll guard us from repeating the sins of the fathers. Good wrap-up. Let's just go ahead and end with a prayer here. Holy God, we love you. Uh, we ask you to forgive us. We so often follow in the footsteps of our fathers, and we know that uh, when we do that, what we deserve is for you to visit the iniquities of the fathers on the children and the children's children. We ask for mercy. We ask for strength. We know that you are compassionate and you forgive iniquity, transgression, and sin. And so we pray that you would forgive us, that you would draw us to you, that we would listen to your son, that we would obey and give our fealty and allegiance to him, that we might be with you forever and ever. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.